This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Now to getting children laughing, reading and drawing and generally battling the lockdown boredom blues with creativity. Best-selling Australian children's author and illustrator Matt Stanton's co-creator of the hit picture books There Is A Monster Under My Bed Who Farts and This Is A Ball. He's also the creative brain behind the Funny Kid Junior Fiction series, the latest incarnation of which is Funny Kid Peking Duck, due to be published very soon. Meantime, Matt is hosting a daily YouTube Live from his studio for Kids in Isolation, posting videos with ideas for fun activities and tips for drawing monsters, which apparently is the perfect thing to be drawing at this time. Matt Stanton's with us from Sydney. Hi, Matt. Hello. Good morning. How are you today? I'm great. Are you having, like, really weird lockdown dreams? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. It's... uh... It's it's a bit strange. We've got uh, I, we've got three kids here with us too. Uh, my wife Beck and I, and uh, and three three kids under seven. So it's uh, it's not that kind of peaceful, reflective time. It's not the kind of time to catch up on your reading as such. It's uh, it's pretty crazy <laughs> in our house. The dreams uh, maybe you're missing out on them, but we've been swapping notes on them. They are um, they often have themes really predictable themes and don't take too much deconstructing but I'm thinking about kids dreams at the moment as well and uh, you know thinking about the monsters depending on how well they're able to sort of stay untuned to what's going on or how tuned in they are probably affecting their dreams and probably a way of expressing it's to get out and draw some well exactly I think uh something that I've been talking about a fair bit and uh and thinking about a lot is uh as the opportunity for encouraging creativity in our kids uh, in this season. Uh, I spend a lot of time when the world is a little bit more normal. I spend a lot of time uh, visiting schools uh, and encouraging kids in their creativity and their creative confidence. Because I think uh, when you're, when you're really young, your, your imagination is there and it's alive and it's fun and as we start to get a little bit older we we lose that creative confidence sometimes uh we kind of undervalue the imagination and uh and i think it's actually critical uh for our kids as they uh, as they grow up in this kind of ever-changing world that we're in that they kind of have that creative confidence so so something that we've i I've, i've started as you said this youtube channel um where i go live from my studio here in sydney uh every day because I thought in the the kind of the flux of kids being home from school and everything's kind of changing around them and and even the adults around them can't necessarily offer them much certainty because we don't really have it either. Um, that just trying to create a place where kids could tune in, kids especially that were fans of my books, uh, could tune in and and uh, and I'll show them what I'm working on and what I'm doing each day and and we do this thing every Monday co- that I've called Monster Monday, which is that we uh, we draw a monster together. So we create we create a monster uh, and uh, and the idea with that in terms of connecting it with the imagination is that you can't really get a monster wrong. Nobody knows what a monster looks like. There is no correct way to draw a monster. So let's uh, let's use our imagination. Uh, to create monsters, and those monsters don't have to be scary. Those monsters can be whatever we choose them to be. I've written books about farting monsters, uh, so you can uh, you can make a monster anything that you choose it to be. 
Uh, it's, a, it's a great point, the right and wrong thing. And it's a tip, isn't it, for um, pe- parents trying to help kids with some sort of at-home learning. One of the mistakes that we make is to try and channel that imagination and that creativity into things that are right and wrong. God knows the school system does it for us. Is what's really important at the moment is that they are just creating, they are engaging. Um, learning isn't just about the right and wrong that comes in textbooks or in, you know, practicing your writing and your reading. Exactly, and I think it, it's crucial to creativity that we um, that we park this idea that uh, that you can get it wrong because what you need to be creative is you need creative confidence. You need. Uh, you need the willingness to kind of just give it a go and see what comes out, to let something evolve. And, uh, and if for students particularly who are, who are often very good at school, they can navigate the school system really, really well, often creativity, well, sometimes creativity can be quite challenging because, uh, because students can become very good at, at, at seeking to understand, okay, what's the correct way to do this? Uh, there's a right way and a wrong way and I need to go the right way. Um, and that can be difficult with creativity. The kind of the, the beautiful flip side of that is that sometimes some of the kids who struggle a little bit more in our school systems um, are wonderfully creative uh, and are very free to, uh, to think outside the box. But we push it out of them or we undermine their confidence by telling them they don't fit the box. Sometimes, yeah. And, uh, and I think we can see that pretty clearly with how easily it is for adults to use the sentence, oh, I'm not creative. Uh, I hear that all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm not creative. Uh, I, I fundamentally believe uh, we are all creative, uh, and, uh, but, but frequently throughout our lives, certainly as we get older, uh, we can lose the confidence in that ability, possibly because we got told we did it wrong. It's... Um, um... Let's look at some of the tips then that you do on your YouTube channel and that people might pick up on as well, actually, for, for just, if they, especially if they are, an, I'm not a creative person. What are some of your tips for drawing monsters? What are some of the simple things you can think about when you begin to create something as um, unrestrained as what your monster looks like? Well, one of the things that I'm trying to encourage kids to do is, um, is, is to start in an unusual place or to start in a surprising place. So, uh, so for instance, um, d- you don't have to conceive of the whole thing before you start. I mean, I think that's something that I, I encounter a lot in, in, in talking to kids and adults is, oh, I've got this perfect idea of something in my head and now I need to reproduce it on the page. Well, that's more of a kind of a, a technical drawing exercise. It's not so much of a creative exercise. What what you want to do to kind of warm up those kind of creative juices and, and stretch your imagination a bit is uh, is not have a fully conceived idea before you start. Uh, so just use a prompt. So maybe you're going to create a monster, uh, but you're going to start with a triangle. Or maybe you've decided that you're going to you create a monster uh, and all you know so far is that it's going to have seven eyes. Um, and, and then you start, you just start, you don't try and conceive of the whole thing and you, you kind of freely let it evolve and you discover it as you go. And that's where that kind of the importance of, of not feeling like you're, uh, going to get it wrong, um, is really important because you need to freely follow that. What about creative writing again for kids at home and away from parents again, feeling like I'm not a teacher, but 
what are some of the tips for helping children of whatever age to get going on a story and see a story through? So I'm, I'm talking about this a fair bit uh, because I am uh, I, my wife and I, we run a uh, Beck Stanton, we run a, a company together and we, we create and publish uh, uh, children's books through HarperCollins. But uh, so we're publishing a lot. We publish kind of eight to nine kids books a year. And uh, so what I'm doing with kids at the moment is I'm writing the Funny Kid 7 is the one that's about to come out, but I'm currently writing Funny Kid 8. And so I'm kind of I'm, I'm talking about that process as I go with kids. So when I hit a block, um, I'm talking about that. And so we're talking about things like writer's block or we're talking about um, uh, things like that as they come up. In terms of actually kind of encouraging kids in their story writing, look, some kids are, are really uh, have a real knack for writing and really enjoy it. Um, but I find actually when I'm in schools that most kids find it really hard. And I relate to that, actually. And so because I'm an illustrator and an author, um, some of the kind of tricks that I've developed actually involve using drawing to kickstart your writing. Because if I'm in a classroom and I ask kids who here likes writing, I might get a third of the room. But if I say who here likes drawing, then I'll get 60 70% of the room. And so, uh, so what we do is we do exercises where we create a character by drawing them similar to what I just described with the monster. Um, and sometimes with some kind of prompt questions, and then you kind of take it step by step, then you go, okay, so I've got a character, give them a setting, uh, now give them a problem, introduce the problem, uh, and then obviously help them to overcome that problem. And, and I mean, that's in a simplest form at that kind of grade one, two, three level. When you're up more at grades five and six, then you're thinking about things like um, conflict. You're thinking a bit more about story structure, act one, two, and three, midpoints and hooks and all that sort of stuff. And, and I'm, I'm talking about that as I use those tricks. It's fabulous, isn't it, to have a children's author in real time almost, explaining to children how he writes their books. Again, it's treating them treating them like intelligent, creative, curious, interesting beings instead of it being some magic thing that only arrives perfectly formed. Exactly. I think, um, I think we make the mistake of underestimating kids a lot. I think we, we can, at our peril, we will think of them as kind of, uh, you know, human beings in progress, like they're, like they're growing up into, into fully rounded people. They're fully rounded people now. And, uh, and I think uh, they're usually a bit smarter than we think, and they're usually a bit more aware than we think. And so, uh, so it's been an interesting exercise creating content this way for kids rather than being in schools because I actually don't know the age of the child that is watching. So as opposed to when you're in a classroom and you kind of, you have to tailor your material to the age level. Um, in this form, I have to create content that is helpful, uh, that is interest-based. It kind of doesn't matter how old you are, you can access it, access it in some way. Sometimes you just read a story on your YouTube channel. Sometimes we do just want someone to tell us a story. And this is something that many non-bubble grandparents and caregivers can be doing at the moment. It's a lovely way to connect when you can't physically connect. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I often get asked by parents, like, my, you know, my child's not a reader. How do I encourage them to be more of a reader? And, uh, and I think the biggest, the biggest thing you can do, if possible, is just have books in your home. Uh, which obviously at the moment is a little challenging to get new books into your home, but uh, but 
uh, in when, once things go to back to some form of normal, connecting in with your local library, um, doing book swaps with friends, buying books, um, and and showing kids the books that you're reading. Um, sort of giving books a presence in your home and then reading with kids. Look, we know from from research that's been done, surveys that have been done, that kids uh, kids love being read to almost whatever age. If you think they're kind of too old for being read to, just ask them. You'd be surprised how, how often they love to be read to. And I think we do as adults too. I think that's part of the reason for this kind of surge in audiobooks in the last few years. Um, and so engaging and modeling reading with your kids and sharing the joy of books. That's why I write funny books, because I really want kids at this age to, to not think of reading as work, to think of reading as, as for enjoyment. And then you, you create a gateway. You create a kind of open door to all sorts of reading. Matt, you did this record-breaking live stream event from the Sydney Opera House last year. You do like to do things differently. You do like to do audacious things. <laughs> what was the point and how was this done? So oh, it was so much fun. So it was part of something we have here in Australia called Australian Reading Hour, uh, which is a kind of national campaign to encourage reading and, you know, the publishing industry gets involved, the author community gets involved, the book selling community all gets involved and uh, in encouraging kind of reading and the value of reading uh, for adults and children. And, and so I was an ambassador of that program. And, uh, and one of the things we decided to do was this big live stream event um, from the Opera House, which was, uh, was a phenomenal experience. What it meant was um, because Australia is such a physically large country um there are a lot of more regional schools that that authors struggle to get to so uh so as authors uh i know a lot of my um contemporaries we're we're, we're traveling around a little bit and visiting schools where we can um but there's a lot of schools that that don't get that sort of access and so what an event like this was able to do it was a free event uh schools were able to kind of register register for it uh, and then uh, connect in their classroom to this live event at the Opera House. And uh, and so we talked about all of the things we're talking about. We talked about story structure. We talked about behind the scenes. We talked about humour. Uh, we talked a lot about reading. And uh, it was a really, really wonderful event. I was also able to answer a lot of kids' questions, which is something I like to do whenever I have the chance. Was it 5,300 schools I think it went to? Or 5,300 kids? Kids, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a lot. It was, uh, it was really fun. Matt Stanton is our guest, the children's author and illustrator. You're listening to 9 to Noon. It's 19 minutes to 12 now. You, you've referred to humour a lot. It's the, the, the basis of um, your writing, as it is for a lot of some of the most read authors. In particular, you know, the farts and the, and, and the whatevers and the, um, um, the bodily function stuff. Tell me why this, well, I mean, everyone laughs at that stuff, doesn't it, even when we're grown-ups, but tell me why this is often so engaging for children and how you do it in a way that isn't just for the sake of it but truly helps them engage with and stay with storytelling. Sure. So so I, I kind of operate by the ethos that uh, not every kid says that they love to read but every kid loves to laugh. So if I am trying to engage kids, uh, particularly reluctant readers, uh, into the world of books, 
then humor is a wonderful way to do that. And uh, there, there's been some kind of surveys here in Australia around uh, what kids look for in a book and humor comes out on top. Humor is the thing. A, a book that makes them laugh is what kids uh, look for more than more than anything else. And so, uh, so that's the, that's the area that, uh, that we've chosen to, to work in and create in, uh, at the moment. And, uh, one of the things in terms of the, the kind of the bodily function aspect of, of, of humor that we have explored, uh, with some books, I don't think that's actually about the grossness of things. And I think when, when books misunderstand, when, when people misunderstand that, um, that's when you get, just a disgusting book that's not particularly funny. The the thing that is funny in that moment for kids is surprise. It's actually got nothing to do with the disgusting nature of it. It's the surprise. So whether that is an actual bodily function in a classroom uh, um, that catches everyone by surprise, um, that will make everybody laugh, or whether it's uh, the surprise a kid receives in a in a book when, when finding a word that they weren't expecting or, a, or, or a, something happened in the story that they weren't expecting. Um, the, the trick is surprise. That's where the humor is. And that's where, that's where, that's how all jokes work, right? All jokes work on that element of surprise. The punchline has to catch you by surprise in order to be funny. That's why you can tell a joke once and it's hilarious. But if you say the same joke five times, in a row, it's not at all funny by the fifth because the surprise is gone. So, so I think for for people creating stories or telling jokes or trying to create that kind of humour moment uh, with kids, um, it's it's the surprise you're looking for, not the not just the gross. The Funny Kid Junior Fiction series, a, a character like Funny Kid, it's not only the humour, but they've they've got to attach to him really. And when you create a character. Uh, like Max, what what are the keys to making him the friend of the reader, or, or or the kid the reader might want to know? I think with with Max, I write the funny kid books uh, as though they're a sitcom. That's how I kind of think of it in terms of how I approach the writing, which is a kind of different way of writing than you would approach a a traditional novel structure. And so. Um, and so kind of what I've created in the Funny Kid books is this is this cast of characters. Um, there are five kids plus a duck. And uh, and they're they're friends, but there's there's kind of inherent conflict between them. Um, nothing too serious, but but every, but but they kind of come to heads all the time um, because I think there's a lot of humor to be found in conflict. And so uh, so what I was wanting to create there was 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 a, a combination of characters that interact really well with e- with each other, but also they are kind of every kid. They're not um, the characters in Funny Kid are not uh, particularly uh, extreme. Um, they have exaggerated features. The, the thing that makes um, Max kind of unique and and brings the title to the series is that Max is not the best at anything. He's not. He's not the fastest kid in the class he's not the smartest kid in the class he's not the best looking kid in the class and like many 11 year olds he's kind of trying to work out where he fits and and how how to kind of engage socially in his in his class and he realizes that he can make people laugh he realizes that he can be the funny kid and so so that is kind of the thing that sets max apart um but even so there is that kid or 
a number of those kids in every class in every school in the world. Um, so what I wanted to create was uh, a cast of kids who really speak the language of today's kids. I, I want to spend time with kids wherever I can and and pick up how they're talking and, and stay connected to them. Um, and, uh, and I think it's that connection that makes them relatable. I think when authors um, are kind of too distant from their audience, when they're not spending time with the people that they're making books for, um, there's a disconnection that can happen. And I think it comes across in the writing. So, so my... My intention is always to stay as connected as possible to the kids that I'm creating the books for. Matt, thank you very, very much. I'm not sure if we've got the link up of how you do your book launches, but some of them are hilarious. Um, and, <laughs> um, and, and, and as you say, everyone loves to laugh and kids certainly love to laugh. Thank you so much for your time. Matt Stanton. Thank you so much for you're welcome. Co-creator of the hit picture books, There's a Monster Under My Bed Who Farts, and This Is a Ball, and also the Funny Kid Junior Fiction uh, series.